the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins unto God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for you, and for his sake, forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thou hast let the people 
grace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. The Old Testament reading appointed for this festival service of the resurrection of our Lord is from the prophet Isaiah, the 65th chapter. 
Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be an, 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 an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Epistle reading from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 15th chapter. If in this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. St. Luke, the 24th chapter. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. In returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. This is the gospel of our Lord. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, life of life, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and descended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory, to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
From the Gospel of St. Luke, these words and the words of the angels to the women who came to the tomb, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you. Please be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Dear friends, I awoke this morning a little earlier than usual. I turned on the radio that is preset to the same radio station as usual, went through the usual Sunday morning routine, which usually brings me to the kitchen table for a usual menu of one poached egg and one piece of toast and one cup of coffee. I left the house, I took the same route to the same place to arrive here an hour before the first service, made final preparations, and then at 15 minutes before the first service, put on my cassock and surplus for the first service, all for the second, make my way to the sanctuary as usual, the same morning routine, albeit a bit different because of Easter, but basically the same Sunday routine to meet the same precious people of God who share the same confession, who bear the same name, who hear the same gospel of Christ and Him crucified from the same pastor that they've heard it from, from for over 1,300 Sundays now. You don't have to divide that up. Yes, it's about 26 years. A lot of sameness there. It's almost like this Sunday, though, is then no different than many others. I suppose it was like that for those women when they went to the tomb on that Easter Sunday morning. The two Marys, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, who some would argue was the sister of the Virgin Mary, not sure about her identity. But two Marys, Joanna the wife of a steward in the palace of Herod, she was there too. Other women followed along with them going that morning to that tomb. 2,000 years ago, a pretty usual Sunday morning for them, except they had one unusual thing they were required to do. It wasn't exactly the same as it had been before on Sunday mornings. They, they did, after all, have a burial to attend to. But even that they had done before. They knew what they had to do. They knew how they had to properly do it, and that's why their arms are loaded down with oil and with spices and clean linens. They knew what they had to do for the lifeless corpse that they were there expecting to find and they didn't have time, you see, when they took Jesus down from the cross not that long before to do for him what should have been done because it was the Sabbath that was beginning only a short time after they took him down from the cross. But now that Saturday Sabbath was over and they made their early way to the tomb on Sunday morning to do what they hadn't been able to do. There was no undertaker, you see, to do it for them. It was all up to these ladies, emotionally sapped of every ounce of strength that filled their bodies because of the horrific things that they had seen, but who knows, 15, 20, 25 hours before, and they had seen this horrific sight of a man they had dearly loved going through the most excruciating human pain imaginable, that of Roman crucifixion. And they were exhausted emotionally from it all, these poor cross-shocked women making their way to the cemetery to do what had to be done, duty-driven, 
to do what had to be done, what they'd rather not have to do, to do what the twelve, now the eleven disciples, of course, couldn't do because they had fled. They were hiding away in fear in an upper room. When you think about their routine that morning, it sounds like an awful lot of people in our day and age too, doesn't it? Day after day, waking up to face one day after another and they're weighed down by this problem or they're weighed down by that problem, weighed down by this challenge or that challenge, this or that fear, this or that disease, this or that grief, all brought on to be sure by their own sins or by the sins of others some particular sin perhaps, or some other human condition of sin in general, you can be sure is going to take its bite out of each of our little corners of the world. The women that early morning waking up to go to a place that they'd rather not have to go to, to do a job they'd rather not have to do. Sounds familiar. Their day's expectations, often like ours, heavier than we sometimes think that we could possibly bear. And I say almost heavier because this morning, this particular Sunday morning, it turned out to be a morning different from all of the other usual mornings that they had. It turned out to be different, so different from what they expected, far different. In fact, what they expected to happen didn't happen at all, and the unexpected is what took place. How? Well, for starters, they get to the tomb, wondering, St. Mark tells us, Luke doesn't tell us this, but Mark does. They get to the tomb and they wonder, how are we going to roll away this two-ton stone from the opening of the tomb? And they get to the tomb and they found that their work had already been done for them, and they're surprised by that. After all, an obstacle to their duty has now been removed so they can get about it, but then they start thinking it through, and they wonder, why is that stone rolled away from the tomb? Who would want to get in? Not the disciples. They're all hiding away in that upper room. Who would want to get in? And you can be sure they thought, oh no. Oh no, might it be that those who so hated Jesus hated him so much that they would come in to desecrate his body even in death? Could their hatred be so great that they would stoop so low? Any wonder that when they entered into the tomb with some hesitancy and with some apprehension, I'm sure, and they found it empty, empty, St. Luke tells us, and once they found it empty, what was their reaction? They were apareo in the Greek. A word that means they were perplexed. They were at a loss to make any explanation of this which they saw. They were confused. Now even to the point of being speechless. Nothing was the way that it was supposed to be. Things weren't happening like they should have been happening. It wasn't the way. Nothing made sense to them at that point in time. Their exhausted minds simply weren't up to dealing with what they found or didn't find. There was no dead, cold, stiff corpse. It was supposed to be there, but there was no corpse there. In fact, instead of a corpse, what do they find? Instead of a corpse that's supposed to be there, there are two men standing there. 
Their clothes are strangely dazzling, the text tells us. Who are you men? What are you doing here? Where in the world did you come from? What do you want? If they didn't say it, you can be sure the women must have thought that. Human nature, you see, generally assumes the worst, especially in a crisis situation like this. But then these otherworldly men open their mouths, and from their lips at that moment comes the most beautiful message, the most beautiful words that had ever entered into the ears of these women, words that would change their lives forever. Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. So women, save your oil, save your spices for another day. Save it all for another corpse because it won't work on this one. The Lord Jesus has no need of these things. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. The tomb is empty. Christ is not here. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Everything has changed because he has risen. What a day. A day that started so ordinarily became an extraordinary day, a day that would indeed transform all of history, a day that indeed has changed your life and transformed mine, and indeed all who believe in him. All that, my friends, is why you, after all, are here this morning doing what you're doing this morning. You're here because of what happened on this day so long ago in such a faraway place and all that it means to have transformed your life as well as mine. Indeed, because of today, things are never going to be the same for you. They're never going to be the same because this day happened. This day transformed your life, not only for this life, but for all of eternity. How? Well, think on it. Think on the number of extraordinary things that happened on this day. A dead man was raised from the dead. Extraordinary? Indeed. But there's more. Sin was overcome today. The, the man upon whom all sins were laid on Good Friday has now been raised from the dead. Do you know what that means? It says that the same almighty judge who justly condemned Jesus to death on the cross because he endured and bore in himself the sins of all the world, now raised him from the dead. God the Father would not have done that had the payment that Jesus made for your sins, for mine, for the sins of the whole world, had it not been sufficient, had it not been adequate payment, the body of Jesus would have remained in that grave, but God raised him up, sin has been paid for, not simply ours, but the sins of the entire world. No one, no one in all the world has a debt remaining to be paid. No one has a debt unpaid. The check that Christ wrote on the cross, the check that he signed with his own blood, did not bounce. It processed completely. It paid for the debt of all sins in full. Nothing more can be required of you or of anyone else. Nothing, not even death. Not even the grave can be required of you. Think on that. Death does indeed claim us all, but just for a short time. Death which lays claim to every man and woman, and the grave in which everyone must someday lie, unless the Lord Jesus Christ comes first. Even though for those of us that must go through death, it's lost its grip on you. 
It has lost its grip on the day that death and the grave had to give Jesus Christ up. It lost its grip on you. It's all that simple. The gravity of the grave has literally been defied for you in the death and in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gravity of the grave has lost its power to hold us down. And so, what do we have to do in this extra day? Sin has been paid for. Death has been conquered. The grave empty. Enough, almost. Almost, I say, because there's one thing more. That the text tells us that the angels said to the women on the tomb on that first Easter morn. One more thing they said. They said, remember. Remember. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and be raised on the third day. Remember, the angel said, how he told you. And we are told they remembered. They remembered. They remembered his words. He told them that he would die, and he did. He told them he would rise, and he did. He told them that he was the Son of God, and he is. He told them that he would be with them always, and he was. He told them that he would raise their bodies up from the grave, and he most certainly will. And they and all the disciples remembered all of his words, St. Luke tells us. And they knew, they knew that they were all true. And they spoke them, and they preached them, and they confessed them, and they chanted them in their liturgy, and they sang them in their hymns, and they sang them together in their songs. And because God's Spirit enabled them to do those things, we remember his words today too. And we speak them, and we preach them, and we confess them, and we chant them, and we sing them too. And friends, they're just as true for me and for you as they were for those who sang these words before us. True for you on that day when you awake in the future, perhaps without a job. True for you when you awake in the future to that day that you're spending time in the hospital after an accident in a doctor's office and you're hearing, I'm sorry, but... Or that early morning hour when you awake sadly to a child's empty bed or to an empty space in the bed beside you or to the empty chair in your living room or at your kitchen table or to the seemingly insurmountable tasks that are before you or to the worries and the fears that would rob you of so much that God desires you to have and to enjoy. His words, his promises are as true for you as they were for those who first heard them on that first Easter 2,000 years ago. True because he did what he said that he would do. And he still does it for me and for you. Little wonder that the angel said, remember, remember. Because you see, remembering is as important for us as it was for that generation of resurrection believers. Because in remembering, they become confessors as well. Remembering his promises, his presence, it becomes confessing his words and his cross and his promises and his resurrection and his presence. Like those early Christians, we too can't help but speak of those things that we have seen and heard. Remembering becomes confessing. 
And it goes full circle so that confessing the word of Christ and confessing the work of Christ then becomes the means by which the Holy Spirit re-members, adds to his people and adds to his church. And that's the way that has happened throughout the ages. That's the way it still happens today. That's the way it's continued to happen until the end of time. To be sure, the world will attempt to silence the message by silencing the messengers of it, even as it's attempted to do that throughout the centuries, but it will never succeed. It will never, ever succeed. Do you know why? Because trying to put down the remembrance and the confession of the atoning death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is like the ancient fishermen who tried to destroy starfish. When they would find a thriving population of starfish munching big holes in the, the muzzle and the clams and the oyster beds that they were harvesting, you know what they'd do? They'd simply grab those greedy little starfish and they hack them to pieces and they tossed them back into the sea. Big mistake. Big mistake because the next thing that the early fishermen found is that they were up to their hips in these slow moving little creatures who when sliced and severed just became new ones. One of the very first lessons learned in early aquaculture was don't cut up the starfish. Hack one starfish in two, and that's what you get, too. Hack one into five pieces, and guess what? You're going to get five. All a starfish needs to regenerate is an arm and a smidgen of the central disc of its body, and with that, each member remembers what it is, and it duplicates itself. Remembering Christ and Him crucified. And what that means to us. Remembering Christ and him risen from the dead and all that that means to us. And remembering that Christ is alive today, working through his word as we hear it, his sacrament as we receive it. And all that that means to us, here and now. That is the remembrance that creates that confession that resonates and duplicates itself throughout all of the world. And so remember it, dear friends. Remember it and confess it today and always. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. A blessed Easter to all of you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand and sing with me the last two verses. But I know that my Redeemer lives.
confidence that our resurrected Lord Jesus intercedes for us and that the Father hears our prayers, we now pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their need. We pray. Lord God, the truth resounds on this high and holy day that the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, is your declaration for all time that our sins can no longer condemn us, that they've been paid for in full by the holy blood and the suffering and death of your Son, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, and therefore they are eternally forgiven. For this Easter triumph and joy and gladness, receive our thanks and our praise. Let us pray to the Lord. For your church, Lord, throughout the world, bless her with faithful pastors who will preach Christ and him crucified for our sin and raised again for our justification. Through your word proclaimed, cause us all to remember your words of promise and by your good and Holy Spirit, enable us to share the report of Christ's death and resurrection with others. Let us pray to the Lord. We pray, O Christ, for all among us who contend with sicknesses and infirmity, including Sonia Heidemann and Hugh Ryan, Dick, Mach, and Elsie, Marguerite Helt, Ralph Chambers. Be with those preparing for surgery and with those undergoing medical tests and treatment. Grant them each the quiet confidence that you have risen to be their help for today and their hope for tomorrow. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord. God of all comfort, we pray for those who today remember family members and friends who have died. Uphold with a peace the world cannot give all who mourn those who've died in the faith, strengthening them with the promise of your resurrected Son, who said, He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and because I live, you shall live also. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Risen from the dead to intercede for us, hear our prayer, Jesus for the lonely, that they would find companionship, for the needy, that life's necessities would be provided, for those in conflict with each other, that they would be moved to repentance and forgiveness and reconciliation, for those troubled by doubt and challenged by crisis, that they would find guidance and confidence in you. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord for our nation, that we would be governed well as its laws and our courts preserve and protect the rights of all, and promote and uphold that which is pleasing to you. And for all the nations of the world, that where injustice and war destroys lives, good civil order and peace may prevail. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord God of all kindness, on this day of highest celebration, we give you thanks for the other blessings that we celebrate in life, for anniversaries of marriage and years of baptismal grace, years of life in this world. Constantly, be in the homes and lives of your people, that we may ever celebrate with gratitude all your mercies. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord for your church here and everywhere, and for all to whom it today administers the sacrament of your holy supper, that no one would receive it to their harm by denying the presence of Christ's very body and blood within, but rather that all who receive it would do so believing that the body and blood that they receive in, in, therein they receive the forgiveness of sins and the strengthening of faith as you prepare their souls and bodies for the day of resurrection and life everlasting. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord 
Receive our Easter prayers and praise, O Lord. And in the fellowship of those who have gone before us in the faith, keep us in faithful communion with your holy church and steadfast unto the end through Jesus Christ, your Son, our once crucified and now risen Lord who lives and together reigns in all glory with you in the Holy Spirit, now and for eternal ages to come. Amen. The Lord be with you. for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his death he has destroyed death, and by his rising again he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene and Peter and John and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of heart and mind, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Oh, Hosanna, oh, Hosanna, oh, Hosanna in the mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive and renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit. One God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. 
Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Amen.
gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the holy supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our risen Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Receive now the benediction of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.